Uh, today we're getting to Freedom Fighters. Uh, you know, I heard a story about a guy that was a very faithful Catholic. And, you know, he was a devout Catholic and, you know, honored and obeyed all the Catholic rules. And every year he dreaded Lent to roll around because he lived beside a guy that wasn't Catholic. And every year it seemed like without fail during Lent, his neighbor would crank up the barbecue grill and every day cook a different meat or meal on that barbecue grill. And, you know, there he is being a devout Catholic and, you know, not able to eat meat during Lent. And, man, he would be sitting in his house and you you done it, your neighbor barbecue, and it comes through the windows and it comes in the yard. And so he said, man, I got to do something about this. So he worked all that year to convert his neighbor from being a Baptist and to get him into being a Catholic. And it worked. He converted his neighbor. And his neighbor became a Catholic. And so he got when he got day to actually do the conversion, he went to the Catholic church. And he went up front and the Catholic priest dipped his hand in some water and said, you were born a Baptist. You've been living a Baptist. I'm going to sprinkle you. And now you're a Catholic. And so he sprinkled him. And everything seemed well. Well, the next year, Lent rolled around. And the original Catholic guy thought how awesome it is, you know, to get to be a neighbor-free, barbecue pit-free Lent season this year. And he walked out in his backyard, and, man, that's all he could smell was ribs and sausage and burgers cooking. So he ran over to his neighbor's yard. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? His neighbor was standing over the barbecue grill with the bucket of water and says, you was born a cow, you've been living a cow, but now you're a salad. And so that's what happens a lot of times. As Christians... We think going through the motions of being a church member actually and calling ourselves something changes what we are. But the truth is this. God really can change your circumstance, your situation in your life. And so we've been in this series on Kairos, um, God Encounters, God Changing, Setting Free and Delivering. Today is going to be the last in it, but I'm here to tell you this. I wish we could stay here the next six months because I am getting freer and freer and freer just studying and learning. But the good news is this. Man, if there are, after today, if you recognize there are areas in your life that you need freedom in, because the truth is this, I will be getting free for the rest of my life. I am just that jacked up. All right? But I know I'm also not the only one. But Miss Katrina does freedom classes, walk into freedom. And we go, and the truth is this, you might not have gotten the the kairos that you've seen other people or heard other people talk about in this season because a lot of times it doesn't happen with one person. Sometimes you need someone to help you walk through it. And that's what freedom class does. So Miss Katrina, the beautiful lady that rocked the house with the amazing voice while ago, she's right there. Get with her after service if you know that there is more in this area for you to go deeper and get freer. Amen? Amen. But today we're going to tackle the topic of freedom fighters because I would love, and be honest, I would love to tell you that freedom is a one-time event. Pop, pop, God shows up, and you're good to go, and you don't have any more problems than you go on. But that's not the way freedom works. As a matter of fact, God does show up and set you free. But then that begins a journey of freedom. 
There's a difference in being free and living in freedom. Alright, so I want to jump right into our first uh, scripture here. And it's Galatians 5 verse 1. And it says this. And it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Alright, a lot of times we like to get in our mind that freedom and free are the same things. But Paul here distinctly draws the difference in the two as being two completely different things. He says, in other words, Christ set you free so that now you can move into freedom. Getting set free is an event. Freedom is a life that you get to live. The danger of being set free and not moving into freedom is that you don't get to be free for long. You were never designed to be free. You were designed to live in freedom. But because a lot of us want to be free, I want the devil to get out of my life and him to get the bondages and break free so that I can do what I want, when I want, feel the way I want, and go where I want, how I want. That's freedom. But that, or that's what we think being free is. But you were never designed to live that way. As a matter of fact, you tell me if, you know, out in Wyoming where they go catch the wild stallion horses and, you know, they, they run free and rain. And what happens is people go out and rope them. And if you can rope the wild ones, used to, now they're protected. But if you go rope a wild one, you can come in and you can put him in a pen and you can break him. And, you know, there are, t- there are people that actually take them and then they use them and abuse them as in, you know, they take them and they make them work horses and all that kind of stuff. And it's a miserable life. And the thinking would be if he could just get back out in the pasture again, life would be so much better running free on the rain. But the whole time they're out there, they're being hunted by stuff. But it's those that owners or horse lovers go out and catch and bring back in and bring them in and give them an amazing life that they could never obtain. On They don't have to get up and worry about if there's going to be food in the trough. or They don't have to get up and worry about is a hunter or a, another trapper going to catch him tomorrow. He don't have to wake up afraid to get put back in or under bondage again. Constantly life on the run, but to actually move into a life on a range of, of tranquility and bliss is kind of the picture. Here the scripture says, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It says, stand firm then, that you do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. He brings up some very interesting terminology here, and we'll get into it in just a sec. But see, God set you free so that not you can just stay running wild, because this is the truth. Once you're free... And you remain just free. It's only a matter of time before it says here, the yoke of slavery comes and puts you back into bondage. How many of you guys experience that? You come in, you experience God in a service, and God sets you free from something. You walk back out two days later, you're doing the exact same thing that you were set free from. Do you know why? Because you were always designed and created to be yoked. That's why it's so easy for the devil... 
and demonic spirits to yoke us in bondage. Because our very design and makeup by God was designed and made up for us to be yoked. And I know that don't mean much yet, but this is a unique terminology that Paul wrote here. He says, beware and don't let yourselves be burdened. He's talking about a burden here. Again, by the yoke of slavery. Now, our mind would love to tell us this, that yokes or burdens are always bad because it's bondage and it's slavery. The definition of slavery is to be ruled over by a master. All right, but it's weird that Jesus used the same terminology. Pull out what that means at another level. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says this. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. All right, what makes people weary and burdened? Well, if we go back to Galatians, it said this, that you become burdened. By the yoke of slavery. Demonic spirits and demonic yokes in our lives bring people to a life of burden and heavy laden. So Jesus now is beginning to address people that have demonic burden and oppressions in their life. He says, come to me if you're in that state. Good news is that Jesus wants us to come to him. When we're burdened and heavily and in bondage of demonic and devil spirits. Now, he says, come to me. And then he says this, when you do, he says, I will give you rest. Man, that's the Jesus I want, right? I want Jesus to give me rest when I'm burdened and heavy laden. I want Jesus to give me rest when things, you know, the enemy has done to me or gets so hard to carry. But the problem is, a lot of times... Our concept or our thought of getting rest is that we get set free to do and be and go and act and be how we want. No longer under demonic oppression. But that's not what freedom is. That's what being set free is. But there's a different level. And he said this. He says, take my yoke. Here Jesus is using the same word that Paul used to describe demonic Oppression. He said, Jesus said, take my yoke. You have to understand this. You were designed to be yoked. And there's a a nature in each one of us that we were born with. That that nature wants to resist and fight being yoked from any type or anyone. But when you don't understand your design by default... When you don't understand that you were designed to wear the yoke of Jesus in your life, then you have positioned yourself to be yoked to demonic spirits. If you're not in a yoke today, it's only a matter of time before you are. The only way demonic spirits or yokes are broken in our life is if we come to Jesus. You can't break them. You can't stay free. You can't get them out of your life. You can't. You you might struggle, 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 but there will be a day you're burdened and weary and heavy laden, and you'll find yourself with the the tentacles and the the bondages of the devil back in your life because see, you were only born and designed to be yoked. 
And so understanding that there's a difference in being free and living in freedom is the understanding that I, God, will set me free from demonic slavery yokes, but He intends for me to be yoked directly to Him. You are not designed to live life without a yoke. All right, so that brings up this point. What is a yoke? Right. Is it the yellow part of the egg? My girls will not eat those. I, if I cook eggs for my girls, I have a cup every morning that we do breakfast. I have a cup of yolks, all right? And that's not what we're talking about. That's not a yoke. What a yoke is, is a yoke is a tool that is put on oxen when they go to work and plow the field, all right? Now, you can take a oxen that, you know what I'm saying, is pulling a plow, pulling a car... And you can actually lead him with reins and ropes and there not be a yoke in it. But the problem with that is uh, an oxen that doesn't have a yoke put on him will fight the driver or the farmer the entire time. And the truth be told, that's what a lot of us Christians are. We want Jesus to direct our lives, but we don't want to wear a yoke. So we have the ability to fight him every time he tugs us or he fight, we fight him every time he's trying to direct us. And he'll be wanting us to go this way. But, you know, what I'm saying without a yoke, he has freedom of movement that he can fight against the reins and pulls. And and we always so some people spend their entire Christian walk fighting the direction of Jesus in their life because they want to stand firm and believe that God made me to be free. No, God did not make you to be free. God set you free so that you can live in freedom. And what freedom actually is, freedom is you being yoked to Jesus and Jesus being in full control of your life and Him being able to set the direction that you're going in. And when He sets the direction that you're going in, it brings forth the life that you desire and have longed to have in your life to you. See, the thing about a yoke is this. A yoke gives whoever... Put the yoke on the power to direct the oxen. And if we allow demonic spirits to have yoked us up, they are setting the direction of your life in the direction that it's going. Now, some yokes are easy to see, like drug addiction, uh, pornography, you know, rage and anger. Some yokes are easy, but... One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of the prodigal son, which has changed my mentality completely about this because the story of the prodigal son is really not the story about a son that, you know, went out and got yokes in his life. What it's really about is two boys that were bound and in, in bondage of the enemy and how God moved them to a place where they had the opportunity to get free, but one didn't. Bible says, and we all understand, the one that left the house and went out and lived prodigally, we understand, yeah, he was, he was being directed by a demonic spirit to destroy his life. And when he came to himself, he realized demonic spirits have destroyed my life, followed the leading of these spirits. And I'll, we can visit back on what he was actually listening to to cause that yoke, to make him make, let his desires drive him that way. But Bible says when he came to himself, he realized, man, this is not the life that I want to live. And this is not the life God created me to live. And so it says he went back to the father. 
even expecting to live a lower level of life than what he had before, but the father wouldn't allow that. But then this is what happened. There was another brother there that sometimes it's harder for us to see yokes of the enemy in our own lives when we've been living right and we've been doing right and we've been going to church and we've been sitting on the pew and we've been doing church activities and we've been real religious. It's tough sometimes when you're doing everything right but your life is still a total mess. And this second boy was doing everything right, but he was missing out on the freedom that God had for him. Because he said this, I've been doing this the whole time. I'm telling you, if you're here because religion tells you that if you just keep doing the church thing, eventually you're going to get free. I'm telling you, you can do the church thing, the religion thing, the effort thing, the works thing for years. This boy lived in that father's house for years and never received the rights of the fatty calf. It's, it breaks my heart more when I see people really struggling to do right, but yet still they're all bound up in as bondage as other people are that are out there in the world. I'm just going to be honest with you. There are people in here today that you've been trying to live free. That's why the title of this message was going to be Live Free or You'll Spend Your Life Trying Hard. I was going to go living free or trying hard. Because there's a difference in trying to be free and trying to be a Christian and actually moving into freedom. But to move into freedom, it takes understanding that you're going to have to be yoked to something. Jesus said this, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. Man, that, that life that you desire is available. But it's not going to happen in one event. So we're calling this Freedom Fighters because the truth is this. Before you walk out of here today, I'm making you this promise. If you want to be free, you will be free. Before you walk out of here today, the thing about it is this. You're going to have to decide if you want to stay free. Because free is a journey. Or freedom is a journey. And when you walk out of here, you can't be doing what you did to get yourself in the place the first time. This is what it says, all right? There there are three reasons or three ways that believers get bound by, like what it says here in Galatians 5, the yoke of slavery. You can fully be saved and be in bondage. There are three reasons why believers... Live in bondage, whether you're doing everything right and you're just a mess on the inside like the one boy, or you're a believer and you've been going back and forth and back and forth and you can't keep it. You want me to tell you how you know if you've got a, if it's a um, yoke in your life or not? If you can't control it. See, not everything is a demon. Be honest with you, not everything. The Bible, you know, if you get angry, doesn't mean you have a yoke of anger in your life. Because the Bible says be angry and sin not. But if you can't control your anger, and every time something happens, and every time somebody does something, and every conscious thought you have when things aren't going your way is an angry thought, I'm telling you, there's a yoke of anger there. When you can't control it, the Word of God says then something else is controlling it. 
Because it says, be angry and sin not. If you can't control it, you've got a yoke of anger in your life. There's a demonic spirit that has put you in bondage to this thing. A yoke of lust, if you can't control it. A yoke of unforgiveness, if you can't control it. The difference in just events and bondage is if the bondage has control of you or if it's just something that has happened. Does that make sense? And so I constantly have to check myself. What am I not in control of? What is God? What do I not have the choice in my life to obey what the Word of God says? Because whatever area of my life I don't have the choice to obey the Word of God in, there's a demonic yoke there. And I'm in bondage to it, and it is directing my life in the direction that it's going. We know this is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, my sheep know my voice. All right? So... My sheep know my voice, but then it says it's the voice of a stranger, a demonic yoke, a demonic lie in somebody's life that's bondage. says they will not follow. That tells you this. Whatever voice is in control of your life is leading your life. And I can tell what direction my life is being led by the fruits that your life produces. If I have rest, if I have peace... If I have joy in this area of my life, then that means I am yoked to Jesus. Not saying that we're not going to go through dry days or hard days, or, but it says my burden is easy. My yoke is light. You're going to go through it, but it's going to produce and you won't be all controlled. But if you're going through things... And your life is, your, your joy is being stolen, your peace is being stolen, your anxiety is off the charts, you're so worried, you're angry, you're mad, you're so bitter, you're, then I'm telling you, there's a yoke of demonic spirit in your life. And you may have been set free last Sunday, but the Bible says this, be careful, stand firm, that you don't get ensnared or get put back under the yoke of bondage again. So that tells you this. Freedom is not a one-time event. Freedom is a journey that we go on, and it's a fight for you to stay free. You've got to fight for it. Now, there are three ways that the enemy gets to put bondages on us. One, and they work the same way on the positive side too, but number one, the way that believers are put in bondage are through open doors. Now, we've talked about this in detail. Over the last demonic open doors, we opened to the devil. thing about it is this. Doors were made to be able to put locks on them. And when God sets you free, you can only be set free from a bondage or a, a yoke by Jesus. Once He breaks that yoke off your life, it's your job to turn the lock. It's your job not to walk back on and get on that computer and go back to that site. It's your job not to get into an argument with that person again. It is your job to position yourself to stay free. And the way you stay free is you yoke yourself to Jesus. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But I love it how it says this in Matthew chapter 12. Verse 28, and this is in the Message Bible. It says, But if it by God's power that I am sending the evil spirits packing. All right? How does the devil get kicked out? By God's power. It says, Then God's kingdom is here for sure. Then you're free 
All right? If by the power of God, God breaks the yoke, sends the devil packing, and you're free. It says, how in the world do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions unless you first tie him up? It says, then this tells it's a question. Then it tells us what to do. It says, tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. This is war. It says, and there is no neutral ground. You can't just get free and go back and do what you want to do. You can't get free and go back out and keep sleeping with your boyfriend. You can't get free and go back to work and keep stealing change. You can't get free and go back and cuss out your neighbor. You can't get free and expect to stay free. There is a war that you've got to fight for. It says this. It says, this is war. If you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. You've got to understand, if you're not yoked to Jesus, you're yoked to a demonic spirit. There is no neutral ground. And so, he said this. He says, "Him the sun sets free, is free indeed. My question is, do you want to stay free? Because if you do, you've got to be willing once He sets you free. And there's some going to be set free today. Everyone that desires to be free will be free today. But when you walk out, you're going to have to decide to turn some locks in your life. The doors that they came in through before have to be locked before or the enemy will come right back in. All right, James 4, 7 and 8 says this in the message. It says, so let good, let God work His will in you. He says, so let, not when I'm free, God's going to. I have to participate. I have to be willing to yoke myself to Jesus. It says, yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he will be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. That's what we do. We want to get free, go out, live how we want to, come back in and get all bound up again and cry and ask God to set us free again. So getting free is a constant thing in our lives. But God is saying, you don't have to just keep getting free. You can move. I set you free so that you can be in freedom. He said, it is for freedom. I set you free. This is what it says. So it says, the fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you will get on your feet. I'm telling you, if you want to get free, you're going to have to become a freedom fighter. The Bible says, I mean, about right now in Ukraine, there's over 20,000 what they're calling freedom fighters. Men and women from around the world that saw what was happening in Ukraine and they determined that that's wrong. So they left their countries from all over the world. Over 20,000 foreigners to that nation are there fighting for Ukraine to keep its freedom. you got to decide, no matter what I have to do or where I have to go or who i got to run with, I'm going to stay free. He set me free, and I want to live in freedom. And I don't want to go back into the bondage, and so it's a fight. So number one, you got to shut doors. Number two, door open by the enemy is when someone has been allowed to become a victim. When you become a victim... You allow the enemy to put a yoke around the the two ways the enemy puts people in bondage from the very beginning was this. Number one, he makes people question the character of God. With Adam and Eve, he wanted Adam and Eve to question, does God really want what's best for you? And I got to be honest with you, I'll get into it in a minute, but that was one of the major sins in my life. I couldn't trust God. I grew up in a very religious home. Grew up in church, and 
I knew God was real. Problem with it was, I didn't have any fun doing what I was doing in church. As a matter of fact, the least fun part of my week was when I was at church. And the enemy began at that point to put a yoke in my life. And he would tell me, this is a way a yoke is established. Well, I became a victim. They're making me go to church. As soon as I get 18, I ain't going back into church ever again in my life. And yada, yada, yada. I, mean, I, I did. I was a victim. Look what they're making me do. Look what they... And see, the truth of the matter is this. Real events, real hurts, real tragedies, real pain has happened in your life. Right. Amen. And the way the enemy can get you and put you in bondage is this. He can make you become a victim. There's a difference in someone offending you and you becoming offended. The Bible says there are going to be people who offend you. But see, the enemy wants to come in and cause you to take on the identity. First, he makes you question the character of God. Then he makes you question your identity. He told Adam and Eve that you will be like God. They were already like God. They were made in His image. He made them question their identity. If he can make you think that you're a victim, then he gives him authority, legal right... To put a yoke around your neck. And he begins to lead and direct your life at that point. What a victim says is this. A victim rehearses defeat in their mind all the time. A victim loses and gives up their power and authority over the direction of their life to whoever it was that victimized them. A victim turns around and gives the responsibility of the condition of their life to who it was that hurt and bothered them and hurt them in any way. A victim has no power to choose what their future will look like. It all belongs to the hand of the abuser or the one that did it to them, offended them, hurt them, and they have a yoke put around their neck. And now the demonic spirit has the right to drive their life in the direction that it wants to take it. When we become... What has happened to us? I'll show it to you in the Bible, David. The Bible says when David came home from Ziglag to Ziglag, his house had been burned to the ground. He lost his kids, he lost his wife, he lost his money, he lost everything. And it was a real event. I'm not downing or littling anybody's event. It was a real event. The Bible says it broke his heart. He wept before the Lord till he could cry no more. It was a heartbreaking time. And then it says he, he um, inquired of the Lord and the Lord told him pursuit. Him and 600 men got up and started going to get what God had told them they could have back. And the Bible says halfway there they came to a river called Bezer. That word Bezer means a cold water or a cold stream. And the Bible says this, David and 200 of his men stepped in that water and it was cold. But they went on through it and they kept going passionately on fire after what God told them. There were 400 that stepped in that water and it was cold and they got cold. They became what they were going through. And the Bible says 400 men stepped back on this side of the river and said, we can't do it. We're going to stay without our wives, without our kids, without our possessions. They gave up on the life that God had told them they could have because they became what they were going through. You have been through real stuff. But if you allow what you've been through to become who you are, you have a yoke of demonic spirits into your life. You can't remain a victim. The best picture in the New Testament of a victim having the ability to break the yoke is in John chapter 5. The Bible says there was a man for 38 years that sat at a pool. And Jesus walked up and one translation says this. He says, do you desire to be healed? Do you desire to be free? 
Do you want your freedom? Do you want to be free from this hurt and this pain that's kept you bound the way that is the unrest and the unpeace in your life? And the Bible says that even though he was crippled, Jesus completely overlooked that event or that part of his life. Do you know why? Because God don't see what's wrong with us. He only sees what we can be. And he overlooked him and said, do you want to be healed? And the guy did not say yes. If I asked you in here today, would you like to be free from demonic oppression in your life? Probably everybody would say yes. I would have said yes. Because some people in the Bible said yes. The one he said, do you, what, what can I do for you? He said, I want to see my sight. That guy said, yeah, I want to. But this guy said, I, every time I go to get up, that guy right there is keeping me in this position. He became a victim. He said, every time I go to get healed, it's his fault and it's his fault and it's his fault. I would already been, but if he wasn't doing this or if she wouldn't have done that or that wouldn't have happened to me. And for 38 years, he laid there a victim and he had done, got so comfortable in his victim stance that he done made a bed in it and there wasn't no moving him and he wasn't going to turn his situation around. But Jesus said, do you want to be free? And Jesus didn't reach down and touch him. Jesus didn't reach down and pull him up. He said, then get up. Take responsibility of what you've been through. What somebody's done to you. Listen, what somebody's done to you is their fault. If you keep living like they're still doing it, it's your fault. You don't have to become what you've been through. God can put And did you realize that? He probably, Jesus, he didn't even say you're healed. He just said, get up. And it says he stood up. And then Jesus said this, clean up your mess. He said, pick up your bed. And then this is what he said. He said, and go and sin no more. In other words, all right, I've set you free. Let's get these yokes off. And now you go forward and don't open the door for that yoke to be back in your life. Some of us have been sick for 38 years because we consider ourselves a victim. We've taken on that it's somebody else. But we keep, some of us want to blame ourselves. Man, I did this to me. I, I want you, a victim will never get free. A victim will always stay in the bondage of a demonic spirit going in the direction that a demonic spirit has for your life. You're yoked to that. Then it says this. The third person is... That a, a way a demonic spirit is allowed to put a yoke in your life is those that allow it. Right. What I mean by if, uh, people that are yoked are never free. The way a yoke takes place, I know where this is the anatomy of a yoke. The way a yoke takes place is this the devil sits back and he waits for an event to happen. And when an event happens, the devil speaks to you a deception, a perception, or a lie. Now, it's so deceptive, and it can actually be seen that way. But there's no truth to it. But the problem with deception, perception, and lies is they feel good. And when you've... When it feels, I mean, everybody likes to watch magic tricks because they're cool, we think. You know, how do you do that? When the devil deceives us, it always makes us feel good. In other words, when somebody comes up and is rude to me, the devil will whisper to me a deception and cause me to see it this way. And then he will lie and he will say this, that guy's a jerk. You should treat him like a jerk. I can see that, devil. You're right. That dude is a jerk. 
He deserves to be treated like a jerk. I should get mad at him. And when I come into an agreement with a lie of a deception, because the truth be told, I'm just, let me just be truthful with you. Most people that are jerks to you, it ain't about you. It's about what they're going through or what they've been through. They're yoked by a demonic spirit. All right? So that's the truth. So instead of me knowing truth, I, I like the feeling of getting mad at him. I like thinking he deserves it. What have, this is a yoke of abuse. When most people have been abused sexually, mentally, verbally, they have had somebody defile them. So the yoke of the devil comes up and says, that person did something bad because there's something wrong with you. They defiled you because you're defiled. And that will make that person pull back. All right, the rejection. The yoke of rejection in people's life. When, when someone rejects you, the devil comes up and causes you to see it. It deceives it. And then he lies and he says this. You know, they rejected you. There's a problem with you. And it feels like it. You're inadequate. You need to do something about your inadequacy. And it kicks us into a yoke of the devil. Being at that point able to drive us in a direction of performance. Trying to win. I was there. One of the biggest yokes the demonic spirits have ever put in my life was this. When I was growing up. And church was not fun. Now... Was it fun for others? Yeah. But I was being deceived. That's a demonic spirit. I was being lied to. And I was, it felt good to not, to agree with it. And I agree, church is boring. Church is bad. Everybody else in there was having a good time. I wasn't. That lets me know there's something wrong with me. But I I started there. So uh, I, I did. And so what happened was I was forced to go. They're making me do this. So what it allowed the devil to do in my life. It allowed the devil to put a spirit of... At first, I got to where I couldn't trust God. Obviously, the things of God are not going to be fun. Obviously, the things of God don't make me happy. Obviously, because of look at what is happening and what I'm going through. And so, therefore, I allowed the demonic spirit to put a yoke of unbelief on my life. I didn't believe God wanted the best for me. I didn't believe God would make me happy. I didn't believe God would... And so, for years... I would try to serve the Lord, but when you got trust issues with God, it's hard to serve Him. You move into religion, and you just go through the motions. When you have, uh, uh, and I can tell you that this is probably the greatest demonic yoke in the church today. Is he gets people to get a spirit of unbelief. And I don't know how he gets in, but what happened was there was an event. He told you a lie. It felt good. It looked right. And we came into an agreement with it. When you come into an agreement with the lie of the devil, you get a yoke put on your neck. And the longer you allow that thing to stay there, the farther down the road of direction that demonic spirit has to go. And he drove me right out of the church. He drove me to not wanting to be any part of what God had for my life. And it was all a lie. And what happened was I had to get to a place where I was so broken in his area that I just wanted to get. I was the one that left. But I had family members that were the brother that stayed in the house, right? When I got, let me ask you this: which ones, which one was better off? The brother that went out and you know got put led into destruction, but came back to the father, or the brother that was in the house doing everything right the whole time, but never got free? I'm telling you, you can be in a yoke and be in doing everything right, but you're miserable. 
not enjoying the life of freedom that God's given you. So, to close, we're going to say this. Any area of your life that is not bearing fruit that God said His yoke bears, rest, easy, light, means that that's an area a demonic spirit has put a yoke on you. He has lied to you in some way and caused you to see it that way. And when you became into an agreement with it, whether it be unforgiveness, whether it be bitterness, whether it be depression, whether it be rage, whether it be unbelief, whether it be you know, shame, whether it be any area of your life that you don't see the fruits of easy, rest, and light, then there's a demonic yoke there. The awesome thing about it is, he says, come to me. I'll break your yoke. But freedom fighters understand that when I walk out of here today and that yoke is broken, the work doesn't stop there. I have to move into the next stage of fighting for my freedom. Because, see, our souls are like this. They like to find ruts. You ever drove a four-wheeler down a deer hunt road? All our men, you ever done that on a logging road in the woods? And even though when I'm usually driving it, because it's usually cold when I'm going out to my deer lease, I'm driving, there's ruts, logging truck that are full of water. I'm trying to keep my four-wheeler on the middle and on the side, but it never fails, never fails. I don't get very down that road, and my wheels slip back into that rut, and I get wet, and I get too much of and cold. Anybody ever experienced that before? Our souls work that way. The minute we get out of a rut, our minds, if we just leave them be, they're going to go right back into the way they were. So freedom is a fight. What you have to decide is, if I get out of the line, get out of the yoke, what I have to do is I have to fill in the ditch. And the way you fill in the ditch is, you have to get a hope to what the truth says. And one shovel usually doesn't do it. You've got to... Keep though, and this is the way it works. This is how the, this is the anatomy of a yoke. The devil, something happens. The devil deceives you, causes you to perceive it a certain way. He'll lie to you. That lie feels good, so you will rehearse it in your head. You will say it, and you will think about it, and then you will act on it. When you act on it, it's actually a yoke on your life. And the more you act that way, every time you turn your back to that person, or every time you think about them and you get mad, or every time you um, remember that situation, and it causes you to draw back in shame then that rut gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So the only way to deal with it is there are the four R's to freedom. That don't make no sense, but there are four R's to freedom. I want to give them to you and we're going to go through them and then you're going to walk out here free if you want to be free. It said this, the first R is you have to recognize it. You need to look in your life and see the areas of your life. Can you be free in one area and broken in another? Yeah. Absolutely. Man, financially, in your life, have you hit a ceiling? No matter how hard you work, you can't break through. I used to have a yoke of poverty on my life. And that yoke of poverty was put in me through a religious spirit years ago. And thinking that God didn't... But I've learned now that I'm breaking that. And I'm going to tell you guys, I'm not broke. I got some money. But I don't got money to just have money. I believe the gospel is not prosperity. But I believe that there is prosperity in the gospel. And I'm believing to get to the point one day that if I see a believer laying on the side of the road broken and tore up and he needs medical bills paid for, I can pull it out of my pocket. What good am I, a broke Christian, when I'm called to live a victorious life? But I had a 
a mentality of poverty in my life, a yoke of it. And so no matter how hard I worked, I was broke. And I said, I'm sick of that one. That's one that's not no fun. There's a lot of Christians that have that in their life. But first you have to recognize that the way you recognize a demonic yoke in your life is you look for the fruit that does not line up with what the Word of God says you should have. So the sad part about it is that takes work. And what happens a lot of times of us is this. We like to blame everything on the devils. The truth is, not everything's a devil. If you, I mean, but if you keep not acting on truth, it's only a matter of time before it is a devil. But sometimes people are just lazy. You're not willing to put in the work. You're not willing to get in the presence of God. You're not willing to open your Bible and find out what it takes to get free. And so you first recognize it. You have to take inventory of your life. Man, my relationships with people do not line up with like what the Word of God says they should. So there must be a yoke of rejection or a yoke of shame or a yoke of fear or a yoke of intimacy. Fear of intimacy. There's got to be a yoke in your life. And then you recognize it. And this is a practical way to do it. When you see an area where there's no fruit, you get before the Lord and you ask God, why and where did this start? And I'm telling you, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He's a revealer. And He will cause all things to come back to your memory. I'm not that smart, man. I don't remember. There's no age that will keep... I mean, some people have yokes of rejection from their mother's womb. They come into this world knowing their mom didn't want them. Truth of the matter is the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you if you'll be a fighter and not just a victim. And so you ask God, God, what what is this? And what are part of my life here? That why is the fruit not there? And the Holy Spirit will reveal a lie. Once you get to the root, the lie, that lie will be pulled out. When the lies pulled out, the fruit dies. When you pull the root out, the fruit dies. Now, this is the thing about it. So you recognize it. This is what I do. I write it down. This is a practical thing. Write the lie down. You say, well, how do I find the lie? What is it that you believe? When you look in a mirror, that thought in your head that says, man, I'm a screw up or I'm no good or I'm unworthy. That's the lie. You got to write it down. Now, that's not enough. You've just recognized it. What you do next is you have to take the truth to that lie and write it beside it. Because it's no good to get out of the rut unless you're going to fill it in. So you take what the devil's lie that you perceived, saw, felt, and agreed with. And you find what the truth of the Word of God says. I am wonderfully and beautifully created. God has a future and a plan. You know when my yoke of disbelief broke? When I found the lie that I couldn't trust God? I applied that. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good and not of evil. Plans to give you me a future and a hope. And every time I felt like God was going to let something bad or do something bad in my life, I made myself meditate that scripture. My rut got filled in and I stayed free. Man, I can tell you this. I have the funnest life in the world. People dream to live the way I do. My life is so amazing. I'm telling you, it's because every day I pursue God, it gets better. Everything I believed in that yoke was wrong. Everything the devil told me was a lie. But it took breaking. So you write down the truth. Then you have to do this. Number one is recognize. Number two is you have to repent. See, you can't break it just by finding it. 
You have to repent before the Lord. Jesus is the only one that can break a yoke. So you come before the Lord and you repent of it. Now, this is the problem where most people get hung. Repentance doesn't work simply by doing it. Repentance only works when you can give it to someone too. The Bible says that if you can't forgive others, God can't forgive you. And so there's been a lot of times I've come before the Lord and asked God to forgive me for something. But walk out of there and be like, but God, you got to get that dude. He's a jerk. I couldn't forget him. And I couldn't get free. Freely you receive. Because it says freely you give, so freely you receive. It's hard to forgive if you don't understand what forgiveness is. But forgiveness is this. You're not letting them get away with it, but you're saying, God, I'm so sorry that I've done this. But I want to release what they've done to you. I want to give it to you to judge it justly. You know, the ones that usually hurt us are the ones that love us the most. I was talking with a young lady about 21 years old this week. And one of her parents committed suicide. And she's just bound in drugs, so heavy. And she wants to be free so bad. And I asked her, I said, have you ever forgiven your father for leaving you? She's broke because she couldn't. She was so angry that he did that to her. And so we went through the process of forgiveness. And she came to see and was able to give it to God. Man, and you watched her face change. You watched her life. It came over her. See, sometimes it's hard for us to forgive the people we love the most because we don't understand something. So forgiving is not understanding. Forgiving is saying, God, i got to give you this because I can trust you with it. And it releases us. All right. So first you recognize and you repent and you forgive. You forgive your kids for acting that way. You forgive your kids for living that way. You forgive your husband for doing what he did. You forgive. And it's not let them give it. You give it to God. Then thirdly, you have to renounce. Just like you came into agreement with the lie, you have to break the agreement that you made. And you don't have the power to do it, but the Bible says God gave you the authority of Jesus' name. And so we renounce and we break the yoke of off of our lives. And it is broken. But the problem with it is then you have to be willing to receive. You have to be willing to receive. And what you do is you ask the Holy Spirit, the area that that lie bound you in, to fill that area with the truth of what God's Word says. I had to come to the place that my life was so full of the plans that God has for me that I have no choice but to trust Him in the direction that He's leading me. And my big thing was I couldn't trust Him. See, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. And so I want—I know we're 19 minutes over. This is going to take three. And you're going to walk out free. But then what you're going to have to make a commitment to do is for every lie, you're going to have to get the truth. And you're going to have to decide every time the devil tries to tell you that lie again, you make yourself tell him the truth. And what happens is eventually the reality of the truth drowns out the voice of the lie. And you will live in freedom and not just always have to try to go get free. Amen? So let's do it. I'm going to do three minutes. Simply, I'm just going to ask everybody to close their eyes real quick. 
And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit right now to enlighten and open your eyes for you to see the area of your life that the enemy has held you in bondage of. Where there's a yoke. Where there's been heaviness and burden and hurt. Anger or self-hate or inadequacy. What area? Holy Spirit, I ask you to reveal right now. Let them recognize an area of their life that is not like what you desire it to be. And now that you got it, look at me. What we're going to do now is we're going to repent of it. We're going to simply say, Dear Father, I ask you to forgive me for making an agreement with the lie of the enemy in the area of... And you just tell him. God, I ask you to forgive me for being yoked in this area and acting on it. And Lord, right now I make the decision to forgive anyone or anything that I am holding on to that is allowing me to be yoked by the enemy. Let me tell you who you need to forgive. The person that brings you the most heaviness when you think about them. Right now, somebody's thinking about somebody that's bringing them such heaviness that they don't know how to let it go or get, let them get away with it. But if you just say, God, I give it to you. God, I give this to you. God, I forgive them and give you the right to judge it justly. That's forgiveness. You release them. And right now, while you're doing that, you're receiving forgiveness for being a linked or yoked to a demonic oppression in your life. Now we're going to renounce it. Say this. Say, in the name of Jesus, I break the yoke of, and you said unforgiveness. You can whisper unforgiveness, hatred, self-doubt, shame, bitterness. You know, I break the yoke of, you know, poverty. I break the yoke of judgmental criticism. I break the yoke. Whatever yoke the enemy is putting you up, you break it and say, in the name of Jesus, you must be broken off of my life. And it's broke. I'm just asking. All right, you say, Craig, you're crazy. Let me ask you, did anybody feel released when they said that? Did you feel, I'm telling you, it ain't my name and it ain't my word. It's Jesus' name. And it will break the yoke. All right? Now we're going to do this. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill that rut. If not, you'll be back in it by the time you get home. Father God, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill our area of our life with that. God, I ask you to reveal the truth. What do you think about that area? God, what do you think about me? God, what did you do when that was happening? Where were you at? I ask you to reveal the truth to me right now. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill that area of my life with the truth. Because the truth sets me free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, some of you just got free. Let me tell you this, but I can also tell you this. Some of you did. Because... Some of you have been bound so long that it's going to take somebody working with you to get to the root. You can pick, keep picking fruit off, but the root's still there. Miss Katrina has given the last couple years of her life to helping people find the root that has held people from being what God wants them to be. Free, rest, happy, joyful. So if you feel like you need, and there were things in your life that you aren't free of today, I want you to find Miss Katrina after service. Find out what class is going on. And you get there and you get free because this is the truth. You're as free as you want to be. It's up to you. Are you going to be a freedom fighter? Or are you going to be a victim the rest of your life? I'm telling you, I've decided I'm going to be free.
and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So I'm going to fight for it every day of my life. I'm going to get up and get freer and freer and freer. And if you choose not to, you're going to see me somewhere one day way down the road and wish I wish where he was. But you could be because you could just get free today and start your journey. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Next week, we're kicking into a whole new series called uh, Living the Life of Victory. It's probably I'm more excited about it than I've been about anything in a long time because I think we all need to move into this new level of living. In the name of Jesus, you're dismissed. God bless you.